Hi, this is Chief Atakulakula, and you're listening to WPOB Wrestling. Hey fans, welcome back to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host of the week, looking very Santa-like. Let's start off with the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, good to see you, bro. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nice. I was scared me if you want ho-ho prostitute. Anyway, next, <laughs> moving on over to... <laughs> like Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of prostitutes, moving over to our next <laughs> <laughs> Our next host, they call him the gentleman. Um, okay. He's paid by the hour. Oh! <laughs> but you only need 58 minutes. Wow, we, we went in two minutes, and we've, I've managed to insult both my co-hosts and probably all the intelligence of your fans, which I'm lucky is probably not very high. You are a wrestling fan. No! No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself the villain. Anyways, let's get back to introducing our other co-host, the gentleman, Elio Canella. Not Canella's. Canella. Good to see you, Elio. It's good to be here. <laughs> Guys, we had another uh, big week of wrestling. This week was a little crazier for all you fans who uh, watch uh, more stuff than just like the big uh, companies. There were a lot of events going on. Um, we're not really going to cover any of them. We'll just mention some of the stuff. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that current uh, AEW champion, Kenny Omega, who is also currently the AAA champion in Mexico, Defended the Triple A ma- uh, belt against the Laredo Kid in which was a spectacular match. I would suggest anyone who get a chance to uh, check that out. Uh, the rest of the card may be a little bit of a hard sell for you if you do not speak Spanish, but uh, that match alone is worth watching. And there's some good stuff in there, of course. You know, there's some great lucha wrestling. I'm just saying sometimes it's hard if you've never stepped into the lucha world to step in two feet <laughs> Drain in. It's, it's a whole different world, okay? And speaking of other different worlds, let's also talk a, bit, a little bit of news out of Japan. Uh, there was a lot of events that rolled up and finished just before Wrestle Kingdom here to set up all kinds of matches in the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, we had here in North America the, what did they call that thing? The J-Cup? Is that what it was called? The Super J-Cup. The Super J-Cup, which is a, a mid-heavyweight, uh, or I guess junior heavyweight uh, tournament started by Juice and... Uh, Liger just a couple of years ago, um, I guess two years ago. Uh, this year, we had some incredibly unique talents enter into it. And, and I don't know if it's just because of the COVID and restrictions of bringing wrestlers across, but I mean, Chris Bay from uh, Impact was in there. Uh, Danny Limelight, who we just interviewed, like we just had an interview with him a couple of weeks ago. He was in there. Uh, who else was in there? There was somebody else in there that uh, I, I that does not belong usually to New Japan. There was a couple of guys. From other companies you know I, th- I think even roh sent somebody over but in the end our uh, old friend of the show el phantasmo becomes the two-time winner and as such he will be appearing the first night on wrestle kingdom to challenge the winner of what we just had uh what's the second one called like the world junior um the world junior tag league yeah no not the tag league the world junior because the tag league was the other one oh, this okay. one is the world junior singles uh league or whatever and uh the winner of that one, uh, Taku, uh, uh, Ishimori. Ha- Ish- no, Ishimori is already the champion. It's the other one who won. Hiromu Takahashi. Oh, Takahashi, right. Yeah. Takahashi won. <laughs> uh, Takahashi then will take El Phantasmo on first night 
of Wrestle Kingdom, the winner of which will, in the second night, take on uh, Ishimori, who is the current junior heavyweight champion. So that'll be interesting uh, stuff to watch. And uh, the World Tag League just finished. Um, I've always said this, it, World Tag League to me is kind of a hard sell. New Japan itself, it really doesn't have any tag teams except for the Gorillas of Destiny who win the belt like every year and then just like, you know, hold it for a bit. And then I, they won this year, doesn't surprise me. Uh, they go on to fight the Dangerous Trekkers and surprise, surprise, there's a team made up of not really a team, it's two guys who are individual wrestlers, which is a bad sign for New Japan. It's been, it's either the Gorillas of Destiny or it's like, you know, two guys put together. Here you we see, have, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, did you say the Dangerous Truckers? Trekkers. Trekkers. Yeah, the Dangerous Trekkers. Are they I don't Star know Trek they, fans? I'm not sure what the heck that's about. It's Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, what's the, the the singing dude uh, with the mask? You remember uh, your your favorite guy there? Isn't it Tai Chi? Isn't that who it is? Uh, oh, Tai Chi. Yeah, Tai, tai Chi and uh, I don't and know Zach how Sabre. they came. Zack Sabre Jr. They call themselves their the names. Dangerous the dangerous trekkers okay. no idea neither of them wear star trek stuff or camping gear so i'm not sure really what they're shooting for here and they don't <laughs> drive trucks they don't drive they're definitely not truckers okay and besides have you ever seen trucks in japan i mean there's nothing to be proud of the tiny little square things it's, it's pretty funny anyhow um not like the trucks we have in north america which are like you know monsters you know Anyhow, so uh, the Dangerous Trekkers will, in fact, be up against the Gorillas of Destiny. Will not be surprised if the Gorillas of Destiny win for the, what is the 800th time. That is the only thing I complain about in New Japan is there's they need to have more tag teams and not just guys slapped together to make tag teams. Um, Gorillas of Destiny are the only real tag teams. It seems you find more real tag teams in the junior tag team division, and that's a thing in Japan. It's a whole separate division of junior heavyweights, and they have a few tag teams in there. But so, anyways, uh, we're not even going to go. I think next week we'll do. Me and Elio will do a quick run over of uh, the uh, New Japan. Uh, by then, they should have set the two nights for uh, for um, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, as far as we know, first night main event is supposed to be um, Tetsuya Naito putting up both belts against uh, Koto Ibushi. And second night, he's scheduled, unless he loses, if he loses to Ibushi, Ibushi will be taking that place. But the winner of that belt will, will go on to put those belts up against, ah, uh, crap, who was that? Evil. Yes, it was Evil, which is a match we've seen a gazillion times, but okay. So, but let's remember, New Japan is, uh, there is barely going to be any um, foreign wrestlers. I mean, this the COVID thing has really taken taking a bite out of it. Rumor has it that uh, John Moxley is trying to appear to defend that U.S. title that he holds for New Japan there. And uh, I do know Jeff Cobb will be challenging, challenging uh, Shingo Takagi for the uh, Neverweight belt. So that should be interesting. But we'll go over the whole cards. We'll make a few quick predictions next week. All right. But let's get into this week's uh, questions. You know, we always like to have some hot topics. We want to do some stuff to see what you fans think about things. Uh, Elio, let's go over the hot topic. Do you want to read it out for the crowd? All right, so the first one we have was, what do the fans think about pitcher and pitcher? Do they like it or do they hate it? All right. Now, we brought that up. This was a question that Andy brought up a couple weeks ago because uh, picture and picture is very galvanizing, to say the least. Um, let me just say the pros and cons of it. The pros definitely is if things happen, you're going to see it. It may not, you know, sometimes you have to go 
I don't know. See, this is where I don't know. I would think as a television program, you would time it out so yeah. that you won't miss stuff, right? Um, however, this whole AEW versus NXT thing kind of brings to the forefront where I think they purposely, AEW especially, purposely does things within that time so that you won't turn the channel at a break to go and watch and maybe get locked into something on NXT and lose it. Now, AEW, I got to say right now, okay, sorry, I said the pros and cons. The pros, you're not going to miss anything. You yeah. don't break up the matches. You get to see everything that's going on. The cons, it's extremely hard to watch stuff, uh, especially tonight when they had that six on six and they went to like, it was like there was a dozen tiny little figures floating in there. I swear to God, guys, I tried so hard to watch it. And halfway through it, I honestly just naturally just kind of zoned out and started looking around and you know what I mean? It just yep. didn't work. But on the flip side of that, I do see the point. If you're going to head to head with another company, there is that, there is that possibility that when you turn the channel, you just may hit something cool and you get lost in what's going on there and you miss what's going on in NXT so, or sorry, in AEW. So I get it. Um, before I'm going to say my thing on it, uh, Elio, are you a fan of it or not? And why? No, um, I don't like the pitch pitch because, okay, on one hand, you don't miss anything. Um, but then the bad, the bad part about that is if something happens, like during the match, it's really hard to see. And like, at some point I just like zone out and, during the commercial because I just can't like sit there and watch the picture, picture. It's just hard to follow. Okay. Fair enough. Andy? Well, it does not matter to me if your picture in picture is restaurant quality or <laughs> what does that is, even mean, by the way? I'm, <laughs> I think it's just trying to be funny. Restaurant quality or if it's convenience store quality. Uh, you know, to me, back in the day when picture picture in picture for televisions was like first a thing. What I remember is the whole idea was like if you were watching one program and then you had the other program up in the corner, mm -hmm. it was just to keep a tab on thing. So if you saw something that made you worth that was worth flipping, then you would like, okay, well, I can flip back to that and then you can still kind of watch the other program. Whereas here where it's just picture in picture with a commercial, well, I don't really care about the commercial. And it's painful to kind of try like you said it's, it's painful to try and watch the you know the picture in picture what they're giving us mm -hmm. and, and you also said it too uh as a television program as far as production goes you know everybody knows when you're going to commercial what's going on so there's chances are there's nothing going on anyways so mm -hmm. it's like you're not really missing anything so to me i think it's just them giving themselves a, a false sense of okay well if we do this you know they won't change the channel which for us in Canada doesn't matter anyways, because mm -hmm. it's not like we get NXT tonight regardless because yeah. of the US network. So it's even, you know, more meaningless. So, you know, when, when I threw this out here, it was something that, uh, you know, you guys know that and, and regular listeners know it was something I harped on because yeah. I have not been a fan from day one. Uh, I was curious to see if other people were in the mindset or similar mindset to, to where I was and by, you know, mm. from what, uh, what I was hearing, I think that that's probably the case. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't do anything for me. And if they got rid of it, 
I wouldn't miss anything. I would still just as soon as, you know, we're back while we were away. And then you go into picture in picture there. So you've got yeah. the television program and then you can show me my highlight of, well, this cool thing happened or this is how the heel started getting the heat or there was a brief yeah. comeback or whatever. Now, uh, Andy, we're going to give the uh, numbers. Did you see the numbers already? Do you know how this came out? Well, don't I, tell me I, if you yeah. said it. No, no, don't no. Tell I, the numbers. I, no, no, I'm not telling you. I just, yeah. I saw. So that's okay, why I no. kind of, that's why I kind of backpedaled as I was saying it because I realized we hadn't said it yet. Now, here's what I wanted to ask you. If you hadn't saw the numbers, right? Yeah. What would you have guessed the overall numbers would have been? Honestly, in your opinion, with, by the way you feel, how would you have judged that this would have turned out? Um, op- being optimistic for, mm-hmm. my, for, for my case, uh, I think this is, this is similar to what I, what I would have figured. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once you give the numbers, yeah. I can kind of give you, the, you know, a bit more of a ratio of what I thought. Okay, but this I'll is in the that. ballpark. This is in the ballpark of what I was okay. thinking. Now, um, I want to tell you guys that uh, I'm not a fan of it because I find it extremely hard to watch. Okay. And I try. I mean, I have the worst thing is I've got like a 50 inch television. It's not like I'm watching it on a tiny monitor and it's still freaking hard to watch that little yeah. thing. Um, however, I did note uh, after doing a little bit of researching, there have been people who have been breaking down what's happening in the picture-in-picture ones for both WWE and for AEW to, you know, figure out some kind of meaning to it. And would this surprise you guys to find out that 75% of the time in WWE, when you're in commercial and commercial, nothing of note happens. 75 to 80% of the time, there is nothing that really is key to the match. Like, you know, there's no moment you're missing. Yeah, you're not missing anything important. However... It's a flip side on AEW. 80% of the time, something happens that's key to the match within the thing. So they are going full bore with it and using it. They're not slowing down. I would expect, you know, a few cool slowdown moves, which you get a lot in the NXT version. But apparently, AEW is showing full flight, still balls to the wall action when they go to these things. And sometimes you can miss something important that tells the story if you don't actually watch it. So that kind of concerns me because this is the show we watch. And I I try, guys. I really did. Today, I tried so hard. And I like 30 seconds of it, I was already just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know. But looking at the uh, numbers, it seems like, and I'm surprised at this because I would have assumed – how hard I struggled with it, I thought it would be a resounding number of people hating it. But 25% of the people like it, which is a large number. 25% is one in four people like it. Uh, you know, 75% of the people hate it. Now, Andy, you said you felt it was probably around that. Yeah. And you're more optimistic than me because I really assume that people would just hate this. Uh, I, my, my thought was, I was thinking the 25 to 35% in favor. So like a 65, 75% against, and, you know, and I, and I try to remember, and this is something that, you know, comes up constantly. I always joke about, well, I'm not necessarily the target demographic and I'm jaded and curmudgeonly and I'm an old man and da, 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 da. So (laughs) in my head, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, there's probably a lot of the younger viewing audience, maybe they're a little bit more die hard. They're a little more uh i don't want to say invested in it but they they're just they're gonna watch because it's there 
Okay. Whereas for, you know, like by sounds things the way you are, the way I like, like you still try. I, I don't even really try at this point. Like it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a commercial, you know, it's a commercial break. Uh, if I'm, if I'm watching live, it is what it is. If uh, you know, I get like a little bit of a late start then to me, it's like, okay, well, here's where I get to catch up a little bit because I'm just going to fast forward anyways. Well, let's face it too. If something really big happens, you know, they're going to be like in the commercial break and yeah. show us that too. So Cause that's the equivalent of, that's the equivalent of like, you know, back in the day too. It's like, uh, you go to commercial break, they say, well, if something happens or if this match ends, yeah. we'll we'll show you when we get back from commercial break. Exactly, cool. exactly. So, fans, I guess, you know, there's still 25% of the people out here who think that it's not that bad of a thing. Let's move on to our next uh, Hold on, we have, one, we have one comment on this. Oh, I missed this. Oh, sorry, I missed the comment. What was the comment? So, Josh Sanders says, I see what they're trying to do, making it seem like a live sports broadcast. But any wrestling fan can presume that this match won't end until they are back from a commercial break. I think they should just not do it. Insult to our intelligence. WWE, they feed us dog shit and we eat it up. Yeah, it is true. Now, here's the problem, guys. And I think this is what I want to propose for next week's uh, question. And we're going to try and tailor it and figure it out to see what we really want to say here. But uh, this whole thing, of course, stems out of the fact that uh, NXT and AEW are going head to head in the same same time slot, competing. And let's face it, it's uh, they're competing for the same fans, aren't they? I mean, yeah. in the states, I'm pretty sure that there isn't like, how do you say this? I think that if these shows were on separate nights, they wouldn't get all the fans from each show. Yeah, you know, I'm sure yeah. they would get a bit of a bump, but I'm pretty sure that if if AEW did 900,000 fans. And then NXT moved to a different day. I don't think there would be 900,000 extra fans that would go over to NXT at the same time. Yeah. I don't think if NXT went to an ex a different day that AEW would get 600,000 fans yeah. over. I, I don't think that would happen. But um, we're in this kind of weird culture where, I mean, they are like breaking it down by the minute by minutes now to try and figure, which I, I don't understand how this works because I, I mean, I don't know if somebody could write in and explain this to me, or maybe one of you guys can tell me or look it up. But I would think if we're on a wrestling match right now live and so I do something, say I'm wrestling Andy and I do something mind blowing. Uh, I don't think that reflects super quick. I don't think all of a sudden a uh, hundred thousand people turn to the channel because yeah. how did they hear I even did anything? So I always, this, this minute by minute thing is just ridiculous. Like I, I'm not sure why that makes a difference, but they seem to think it does. So, you know, uh, the funniest rumor is I heard that they are now working on a ready for this, Andy, oh, a no. second by second breakdown of shows. Yeah. Who the hell has no life <laughs> that they got time to do a second yeah. by second <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> Okay, wait, I get it. I get it. We're all quarantined. <laughs> we're all quarantined. We don't have regular jobs. So now we're going to hire people to watch second by second wrestling breakdowns. Oh, my Lord. Okay. So the question I have is this. We know that all of these weirdness comes out of this stuff. So obviously, the last couple of weeks, rating wise, AEW has been winning and by a good margin. And I have noticed that. Um, watching AEW and NXT, I sometimes feel, do, do you guys feel that maybe NXT has finally decided to quit competing against them and just do their own thing? Because it seems like they have better shows right now, 
but at the sake of they have less stars and they're more developmental things going on. And it seems like they're not really trying to, to, because before you remember like six months ago, you turn on NXT and NXT would have like some big WWE guy there. They would always be doing these crazy ass things to, to compete. Um, I find that it's a better show right now, but it's not as exciting because they're not, they've gone back to the old, style of developmental so i want to ask you fans we're going to figure out how to word this we'll talk about it next week has wwe given up being a direct competitor and just tried to make themselves a better show i'm not putting them down i'm not saying they're losing but i feel in my heart and i'll go explain why next week or at least in more depth and these guys will give their thing is i feel that wwe has become uh, nxt has become a better show but at the at the expense of being an exciting show so we'll figure a way to uh, to get that i'd like to stimulate that conversation for next week's hot topic uh elio uh what yes, was sir. the next topic we i know we threw two out this week so our next one had, was thoughts on abaddon is she legit or just a sad gimmick okay now that's fair enough uh andy uh i'm gonna let you weigh in first on abaddon your feelings about the character and the things we've seen from her well uh you know, depending on when you're listening to this episode, uh, as we'll uh, have discussed in a, uh, a recent episode of uh, Quarantine, because we discussed uh, Abaddon there, uh, I think it's a legit gimmick. Uh, I think yeah. it's different, especially for a female. Um, today's day and age, it, it's next to impossible to come up with anything new, anything original, professional wrestling. You know, everything's been pretty much been done before, or, you know, you're even if you have something relatively new or novel original chances are you're still going to get comparisons to you know a b c d yeah so with all that in mind uh i think it's neat that uh they're, they're trying this with a female um it, it's it's different as you know and i i could say some things that would kind of take away from where you usually uh hit at so i'm i'll, I'll leave that for 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 you to speak to but uh uh no, like I'm open to you. Okay. Yeah, it's legit. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. I'm I'm open to giving it a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if she's committing to it, she's kind of going full bore. Um, hopefully, you know, booking doesn't kill it, mm-hmm. or you know, make a make a mockery or kind of uh, you know cut the legs out before it gets going. So, yeah, no, I think it's legit, and I, I'd like to see what happens with it. I, I hope it gets uh, gets some traction. Now, I know one of the things I kind of um, question, and, and I want your serious take on this too, because I'll explain my take on it. But um, the fact that, uh, let's face it, in women's wrestling, uh, sexual appeal has always been one factor, whether you want to re- admit it or not. Everyone yeah. can say, oh, just pure athletics, but then you'll always have, well, you know, she did look great in that. Um, yeah. Is it harder or is it going to be harder for her does it make a difference that she really promotes no sexual uh attraction at all she specifically has designed herself to be either to be real scary really shocking but you know we've seen people try women try to do those kind of gimmicks but they always have the super slinky shorts or the really right. big chest out or whatever on top like, of like, it. like the halloween costume you're going to be sexy so and so yeah yeah you know so do you think this will hurt her in the long run or is this groundbreaking are we ready for uh, this as a whole um 
I hope it's groundbreaking. Uh, honestly, I'm, you know what? And I can go into a long explanation of kind of how over the years I see things as far as yeah. just from professional wrestling and fitness and, and being able to see whether it's a male form or female form and go like, you know, like, Hey, like, those body parts look good or hey this looks like a good package yeah. and and you know and appreciate the you know for what it is but it's not like oh man like you know i gotta get that or i you know i, I you know right anything sexual in that sense so um yeah i i hope it's i hope it's groundbreaking in the sense that there's no real uh, uh emphasis is the right word but yeah, it's more just the the straight character, uh, and you know what? You're you're probably going to have the a small percentage of the population that are so into goth, that are so into the zombies and stuff, and uh, I'll like Elio, like Elio. Exactly. I didn't want to you know, name names, but but uh, you know, it's it's kind of like like if you're like a say like a like a Rob Zombie fan or a Gore fan, and yeah. lots of kind of you know. You know, for me, it's like lots of messed up stuff. I mean, and I like yeah. Rob Zombie, I like his music, but you know, a, a lot, lot of presentations stuff, over yeah, the top. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably still going to be that small percentage that find her attractive. So you're probably never going to get completely away from that. Okay. But okay. yeah, so yeah, I'm probably going to start going in circles if I keep talking. So I'll just not shut a up problem. Yeah, before before I go on to uh, Elio, I'm just going to read uh, from Rick Serrano the Third from Wrestling uh, POV. Who? <laughs> exactly he says i believe Ab abaddon's character is legit her wrestling can use some work but that character is something else she can go a long way with it she strikes fear in her opponents just like the fiend does it's up to AEW to make sure make a it's up to AEW to not make a joke of it and comments like she's in cosplay isn't going to help Okay, that, that's fair. And you know what, I'm just gonna before you before you get talking, because that's another thing that we've talked about uh, in the past with with quarantine, when we mm -hmm. talked about like monsters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. In today's day and age, it's very difficult to have kind of like that, like a monster. Yeah, you know, and when we talked about it, it was predominantly males, like there was a few females. Yeah. But I think that was one of the biggest things that I had touched on too, was that because people want more reality based, it's hard to get, you know, that that monster, that kind of character over, especially mm -hmm. if the booking's not there. And at the end of the day, same thing with, with giants, right? Yeah. If the booking's not there and I'll give Rick his due on this. If the, the booking's not there, if it's not, the story's not told properly, um, you know, or if the, the character's not taken seriously, it's, it's dead in the water before, before it gets going. Okay. And I just want to really uh, address something really quick. The one comment in there. Um, and I think I just want to sort this out because I think, Rick is not taking it the way it was meant to be taken. And I don't know if anyone else would take it that way. Uh, but I think when, when Sheeta was out there and defending herself and, and, and said the comment about um, cosplay, I think that was an appropriate comment from a person like Sheeta, especially of Japanese um, descent, because let's face it, cosplay is a very big thing in their culture. And I think it was a great way to make her not look like a total idiot by her saying that. But I think by her saying that does not reflect what AEW is pushing. And I think Rick has kind of blurred the lines a little. I think he's feeling like that they're saying that. And I think you just got to take it back, make it a bit of a microcosm here and, and look at it as Sheeta strictly was saying that as a character. Yeah. And even then she proved that she didn't believe it was cosplay because she ran away scared <laughs> after that comment, you know, so. Like a scared baby face. 
yeah what <laughs> yeah exactly we, we could probably spend a, another show just talking about how idiotic this is kind of being set up so i really hope that this doesn't cut the legs out of uh out of abaddon because this story does not i really hope there's something more to add to sheeta because we finally get to see sheeta having a character but this is not the character for your baby face champion to be nope. no this does not work okay elio abaddon weigh in please Okay, yeah. So I first saw her at the beginning at the beginning of uh, this year. So um, she got that uh, that uh, weird look. It's a, it's a it's different. We've never seen this character before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her wrestling could use work. But um, I just want to see where they go. Hopefully, AEW doesn't mess uh, this character up like with their okay. booking. Uh, I have another comment here from Josh Sanders who said. You said it perfect, Rick Serrano III. My six-year-old is scared of her, and what she, so what she's doing works. I dig the look. I love the dark, demonic-type characters in wrestling. Cool. You know, it will appeal to a certain uh, cross-section of people. Uh, RJ Adams says she would make the fiend piss his pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking at her face right now, and Alexa Bliss is nowhere this terrifying. Uh, as uh, And I well, think... Here- uh, Sorry. Let me throw. Sorry. Let me throw. Just yep. based on that, let me just throw just a quick question to you two. Okay. Now, because obviously, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll never know if we will get a full reveal or not. But mm-hmm. would it make sense? You would you find it more? I don't know if I, let's see. If it makes sense to have Abaddon as a sister Abigail, or to have uh, Alexa Bliss as like a sister Abigail? Uh, in my opinion, Abaddon does not work as a. Um, as a minion okay so um i think and i think it appeals to people that they have this pretty girl like uh, alexis alexa bliss sorry this pretty girl who has been like turned and brainwashed and because there's always that hope that she could be rescued she could turn her life back blah blah blah. um i don't think bray wyatt because like the fiend is just sort of this character that comes out for the horrible things, but a lot of times it's the creepy Bray Wyatt manipulator. Right, right. Why on earth would he take in something like Abaddon? <laughs> you know what well, I mean? It doesn't okay, fit no, no, his sorry, character. But maybe, maybe I didn't explain it right. Oh. Not, but but I, what I'm saying is is you know because for all you know for the longest time there was always like the the, re- the reference to Sister Abigail. Okay, okay. So I'm saying yeah. if like if she was actually introduced, oh, you know, like say if she Ooh. came into WWE and it's like oh here's sister abigail would it would, you know would that be a bigger thing for you if it was someone that had the character kind of look like abaddon or if it was someone that you wouldn't assume kind of like alexa bliss that's kind of the point that i went there. okay not, sorry, not to bring sorry. her in as a minion no i, I mean okay. didn't explain it right but i'm just saying like if we you know like oh next week bray wyatt reveals or it's like a cane thing where he's mm-hmm. doing a cage match the lights go out and all of a sudden they'll the lights come back on and boom, here's this character. That that must be Sister Abigail kind of thing. Okay, um, I will say this. Um, over the years, if anything, Vince McMahon would never allow Abaddon. That character would never appear in WWE, no matter how popular she was. Look back at the history of how Vince McMahon sees women and presents women. Okay? Even in this era of finally women getting matches, there's still this overt sexuality that is displayed constantly through the WWE. doesn't matter how much of a serious wrestler you are. So a character like Abaddon, I mean, if he's going to make a real woman who's sister Abigail, he's going to make her be some pretty girl with a big chest or look like a model, but scary. Uh, 
Abaddon is kind of legit in that sense that she doesn't have to do that and she doesn't do that. She, she sells no sexuality in that. Uh, I think it would be awesome. I really do. I think a reveal of Sister Abigail being something just as frightening as the fiend, that would be cool. Yeah. But I don't think we would ever see that. It's also um, seeing that like WWE is like directed toward kids with their like. Yes. And if yeah. a six year old is being frightened, yeah. that's going to give you an idea. I mean, here's a great idea. I'm sure the fiend has to scare six year olds too, though. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think that's bad as would. Yeah. I mean, let's look back at the history right here. Do you guys remember when The Undertaker first came out? He was terrifying children. He was going to take people's souls. And then they like, they softened him. They gave him the purple stuff added to his things. He wasn't such, he was still a demonic type character, yeah. but he was softened from what he started off with because they wanted to promote him as something children can get behind. Uh, even the fiend people, but the, the way they use the fiend is he really isn't like, what does he do? That's super terrifying. The oh, lights I, go red. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, Abaddon, scary. Abaddon scary. does some scary crap, yeah, okay? Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, she, you know what? Yeah, she would make the fiend piss his pants because she's a little more scary. We get, we have some more comments here, I believe. We have one from Chris B.D. Tickle, who says, I believe she can wrestle. Her look is just sad. That's interesting. Uh, Mr... Oh wow, these these are some weird names they've written here. I, murder style? I don't know. Demetrius says, "Chris, I thought the same thing when I first saw her, but it works, and she can go." And he replied to this guy saying, "True that. I just think it may be become a detriment to her abilities. She can still be ghoulish, just not as grotesque. But then that's what makes her stand out. I'll watch I'll watch her wrestle and enjoy it either way." Now. Um, Andy knows what I'm going to say because uh, he, he let me weigh in on the things. My biggest thing and the problem I have with Abaddon is 100% too much character and not enough wrestling. You know? Um, and there's just things. Um, we're trying to... Uh, we're shooting to try and defy logic and make logic. That's part of wrestling. We take the story and we take, whether it's silly, supernatural, whatever, and we try and make it so that we, we could dis suspend our disbelief and create the story in our heads. But in doing so, we're also not stupid. So you're not going to give me a crappy holes-filled story and I'm going to fill it in. You're going to try and give me something that maybe is fantastical and different, and then you're going to present it in a way that I'm not going to stop one day and just go, this is just fucking stupid. That, that's the whole point of that, right? And um, the problem I have with Abaddon is right now, it's all so much presented of character and so little wrestling that... I'm, I'm starting to question things, okay? If I'm supposed to believe that she's a supernatural character, okay? She comes to the ring and crawls, okay? So does that mean she was crawling from the entrance of Daly's place and it took her like an hour to get there as she crawled with blood hanging out of her feet like the exorcist shit? Like, you know what I mean? What's the point of where I believe or disbelieve? You have to make that for me. And they haven't done that. They haven't really given me the stricture of putting her into the storyline where it's more effective. Right now, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not gonna shit on it, okay? I almost sounds like I am, you know? Uh, I do wanna clarify, and Andy, uh, you agree with this, I know totally. Last week when she got hit with that kendo stick, um, I don't care that she got up three seconds later. It was a bad visual that one shot took her down. 
hell, if she'd have came up, beat the snot out of her, put her down, and then she got up, I would have been like, that was even more terrifying. The fact it took one shot will always be in my head. Oh, it only took one shot to take her down. You can do a pin after one shot, right? So uh, I want to see where this goes to. I have my doubts only because it would be nice if things are groundbreaking, but when exactly is the last time anything really groundbreaking has happened in wrestling? We're the same wrestling fans for the same amount of years, watching the same stuff, reacting the same way. And I don't know if people want this. In the end, do people even want this? You know, uh, I've been an advocate for women's wrestling for a very long time, trying to push it. And I still have guys who just want to see bra and bikini matches or mud wrestling or whatever. So let's see where it goes. But right now, like I said, AW make her story a little more sensical to me and I will buy in. Don't just hand me a half-assed project. I'm not your writer. I'm not the guy going to write the show for you. Okay. I, I, I turn it. It's not choose your adventure. It's wrestling. I expect to turn it on. And, uh, you tell me the story. Don't make me make the story. Okay. Alrighty. Um, we had a new feature. It was spotlight. And, uh, oh, before we go on to the spotlight, yeah. which you guys, you guys want to do the, do we have a wrestler versus wrestler this week? Or is it just spotlight? No, we had a new no, feature. We have elite, elite, the elite, elite or delete. Elite, elite or delete. <laughs> this week. Fast. Okay, this week we have a new segment called Elite or Delete. And I think it should be Delete or Elite because of the you know alphabetical the D comes before the. <laughs> I'm behind you, Andy. You send a horrible message to the president, and I'll back it. I will not back <laughs> it. I will not sign that. Okay. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> this week uh, may surprise people, may not, but the first person up on. Delete or elite <laughs> would be Luchasaurus. All right. Andy, we're going to let you start uh, with the old uh, 65 million year old wrestler. And it's funny because we even got a video package because people apparently have been clamoring for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elio, damn you. Okay, anyways. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're mistaken. I'm not one of those people that was clamoring for that video. <laughs> I, I legit laughed out loud. I think, did I even make a note about that? I might have. Um, ah, elite or delete. It, it, it's tough because they really haven't been used in a while. I guess they've just been mostly on dark, hey? Yeah, least lately they've been on dark a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't missed him. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I want to say delete just for that. The fact that it's like, it's not a character that uh, stuck with you. I'm, yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's it's it is a unique gimmick, and you know, we can talk about wrestling and whatnot aside. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like Abaddon. It's it's how they're booked, how they're presented, how they're not booked, how they're not presented. So, mm -hmm. you know, you we can say so much to the character, but if you're not uh you know if you're not writing them into your programming mm -hmm. yeah so um i'm gonna say delete fair enough uh elio <clears throat> okay you know, i think the the thing that that's hurting root source is Jurassic express like we said on a past episode they were to break the team up send them out and singles around because this guy okay he's got the whole dinosaur gimmick but for a big guy, he can do a lot of flips and that moonsault that he does. 
So I'm going to say elite, and I can see him going as a heel down the road. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this. Here's a dude who, what is he? He's like six foot five. Uh, he could do a lot of really cool moves that big guys struggle to do. Um, on the flip side, he's very awkward. He does things in a very strange manner that really throws his uh, wrestling. And we know wrestling is a dance. And if one partner wants to keep leading and you're the lead, it's it's a kind of a, it's a hard dance and it doesn't look good. It's an ugly dance to watch. Um, to be honest, when I, I you know, I, I've been very critical of Luchasaurus, okay, because of all the things I've said. I would say delete Luchasaurus, but repackage this dude as something else and more of a wrestler because I'm sorry, but Lucha, the, a 65 million year old dinosaur wrestler, that... This is indie level stuff. This isn't the big leagues. It doesn't work. It's dumb. I don't find it funny. I found it cute at first when they make jokes with it. But as the more I saw him, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. You know, there's such a thing as cool gimmicks. And then there are gimmicks that are just so kind of dumb. We're not in the 80s. We don't have uh, yeah. trash men and, uh, and uh, toilet fixers and uh, clowns wrestling. Uh, we don't need a dinosaur, dude. So I would say delete the dinosaur, but don't delete the wrestler. Repackage him cool. and uh, try something with him. He has a lot of work. I've been very down on his work. He does got a lot of work to do. And he should somebody should teach him to wrestle like a big man because he doesn't come off as a big man, despite yeah. the fact he's bigger than everyone in the ring. You don't ever feel like he's a big man. And that's his fault because that's him doing moves that are not showcasing what he should be showcasing in his presentation. So... Yeah, so this week, we're going to go uh, two votes to... Well, they're, they're weird. No, it's this is a tie. Yeah. Because Elio says elite. Um, that, uh, Andy says delete. And I say both. So I guess this is a 50-50 shot here this week, folks. I, I, you know what, though? I would jump on with you with what you said, though, as mm -hmm. far as, you know, delete the gimmick, but not, not the wrestler. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, the last thing we have is Spotlight. Who's the Spotlight? We have, comment, we have two comments. Oh, we have two comments. Bring them in. Let's hear them. So Josh Sanders says, I know Rick doesn't really like this guy, but he can wrestle. And for as big as he is, he can move. He's just good enough for me to say elite. Okay. And JD Thunder says, so much potential. Imagine he goes heel down the road. We have a new king who can move like a 205er. So basically, if he goes uh, like heel, would he be King Koopa? <laughs> <laughs> for Mario, he's the dinosaur that's evil. I okay. <laughs> oh, Bowser, why must did he keep say we, Didn't we say we're getting away from the cartoons? This isn't the eighties. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I think though. I think what we can gather from that is that it's like he needs to turn heel, and or needs to lose the Luchasaurus gimmick. Yep, I'm right in that. Yep. I'm right in that. All right, and quickly, guys, spotlight. Who's the spotlight this week? Spotlight is Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay, who wants to go first on this? I didn't even know what this one was. I didn't look at it this week. Uh, anyone want to go first, or do you guys want me to go first? Well, since you didn't know. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? <laughs> All righty. That means you're uh, doing it first. <laughs> yeah, that means I'm doing it first. Okay, sorry. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, you know, great baby face, great heel as, as through the years. As a baby face... Uh, all about the American Patriot, uh, the GI Joe, everything like for your country, that can never go wrong, and that's something you know that we uh, we, we we talk about often. 
the uh, you know kind of the the patriot gimmick, the one that people can rally behind. Uh, at the same time, he for as a heel when he was the Iraqi sympathizer, obviously like easy to hate. Uh, and even prior to uh, Sergeant Slaughter's the babyface, you know I think we kind of touched on that with our, our heels episode of uh, one of our most recent episodes of, of heels. Um, he was a dastardly ornery heel and, and he did a good job. I mean, and, and uh, was it the, one of his classic matches with uh, Pat Patterson at Madison square garden, you know, kind of just shows the height of, you know, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, a, you know, a solid wrestler that could baby face or heel. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sergeant Slaughter. I salute you. All right. Elio. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to see his first run. Like I started watching around uh, the early '80s, but so, so I remember more of his uh, '90s heel uh, persona. Mm-hmm. So I remember like a lot of the matches that he had, like Hogan Warrior and and the whole like Iraqi sympathizer mm-hmm. storyline. Okay. And then I, I remember he... after SummerSlam '91 is uh, when he uh, turned face again, and they teamed up with Jim Duggan. Okay. So in your mind, was he a great wrestler, good wrestler, okay wrestler? I was okay with him. Like I, I thought he was so him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I really, you know, like I came in that period of like probably the early 80s. Uh, he was just doing stuff in uh, NWA and he had just, uh, he hadn't quite hit the WWE yet. He was popped into AWA a few times. Um and a quick trivia for, I, I know I've mentioned this many times, you guys are probably going to go with us again, but it is true. Uh, he holds the distinction of being the first person to have uh, wrestling entrance music. You know, uh, he had the uh, Marine uh, Corps uh, song was his lead out. He inspired the Road Warriors to start using a song. You know, they saw him using that. I don't think I knew that. Yes, he was the very first wrestler to use a music. I, I didn't even know that. The yes. Google machine backed this up? <laughs> it should. He, he is credited as being the first wrestler to have a theme song and use it consistently as an entrance. After that, it ignited a whole bunch of people to start doing it. But uh, a lot of people always think it was the Road Warriors with uh, Iron, Man. Iron, Iron Man. Man. But it wasn't. It was actually him. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I always saw him, you know, I guess I seen him at the, the middle to the tail end of his career. I didn't get to see the, the glory days of his stuff. And I seen him as a cartoon character in uh. WWE. Is it listed as such? No, not even close. Well, that's how he's been listed as that. Who did they list? Well, if you, in the Google machine, if you do first pro wrestler to use entrance music, uh-huh. Gorgeous George is credited as the first wrestler to truly utilize entrance music during the 1940s and 50s. Back yeah. then, his theme music was Pomp and Circumstance. Okay, yeah, I guess we could look at that. I guess I was thinking more, maybe maybe they would, I don't know how to explain that, but they, he started the uh, explosion in the 80s anyways of, of people of doing that. I, yeah, Gorgeous George did in fact do that. So. He influenced a lot. He was actually one of the biggest influences for Muhammad Ali. Yes, yes. He, he talked about a lot of that stuff too. So yeah. uh, anyways, with Sergeant Slaughter, I always thought he was a really cool big man. This is the question I have. Since you got the Google machine out, Andy. Yes. Sergeant Slaughter... Did, and I don't want to rile people if I'm right or wrong or what. Was he actually ever in the military? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I think you know. he was, but uh-huh. let's, let's double check here. Was 
because unfortunately you find a lot of people in wrestling weren't ever the things that they portrayed ever nope the character gimmick of sergeant slaughter is that of a former u.s marine who fought in the vietnam war remus himself never served in the military Wow, I wondered about that. He had the perfect look. His face he looked did. like a... Well, even his attitude, like everything, the way he carried yeah. himself was totally believable. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't destroy people's illusions or dreams here. Sorry about that. He debuted in 1972. Wow. 1972, I was two years old. Yikes. <laughs> That's crazy. Elio already had a beard and he was only five. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow all right folks we are going to take a uh, bit of a break here when we get back we're going to discuss a we're going to discuss AEW dynamite we're going to take our deep look in there we're going to see what kind of show we had um before we get going i want to tell you folks that uh this show you're listening to wpov uh, global hosted by me andy and elio can be found every friday morning on the WPOV uh, networks. We are one of the, one of many shows. There's also WPOV Wrestling, uh, which uh, covers all the WWE stuff going on. We have uh, Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, sometimes Miguel Cole, and sometimes that traitorous dog, Elio Canelo, goes over there. Um, then you can also find that show uh, debuts on Saturdays. On uh, Tuesdays, we have WPOV Quarantine, which I'm going to say is one of the funnest shows. It's been so fun the last couple months. Uh, this is a chance where me and Andy particularly really dig deep into some of the questions and we really get some people on here and we really get them we get them talking about the love of wrestling and the f- history of wrestling and the things that work and don't. And every now and then, Elio will like say something and scare the crap out of me because I forgot he was in the room. But uh the man it's, of 100 words or less. Yes, exactly. I think you're giving. I think you're being generous by 50. But anyways, uh, you can catch that show every Tuesday on our network. It is a Zoom show where you can actually uh, watch in and uh, see us talking. And I don't know. We are working on things. I know the president has been working on a system where he's hoping by April that we'll be able to do our show live and have phone-ins and uh people ask questions of uh some of our guests so does that mean i have to wear pants uh, i'm not wearing them now i don't see why you need to wear them then we're okay, not even down <laughs> none good, of us good, are wearing good, pants good. i'm not even this is even a shirt this is a piece of paper that i i, uh, I, just I colored you, black i just figured you need to shave your chest that's all <laughs> your back <laughs> <I> wish <laughs> i could barely grow a beard you saw how sad that was this show has got off the rails of course it has got off the rails so <laughs> folks you can find all of these shows on our many different networks uh that maybe you can find them on different platforms you can find them on uh, itunes spotify Stitcher, Podbean, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and any place good where better broadcast or no good podcasts are found. Thank you, thank you. I didn't even. Anyhow, uh, Elio, tell people where they can write in, please. They can write in on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. So, folks, we'll be back in a few minutes, and we're going to get deep into AEW. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. Hey, folks, welcome back. We're going to take a quick, well, not a quick, we're going to take a long, good look at AEW Dynamite. But before we do, I wanted to ask Andy Anderson a question. Yes. Andy, did you know that we have T-shirts for sale for WPOV Podcast? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Please tell me about them. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did not see that coming. Did not see that. Okay. Kudos to Mr. Andy Anderson. I was trying to trick him into doing a promo for the t-shirts, but he has in fact turned the tables on me. Yes, folks, there are t-shirts available to help support your favorite podcast. It better be us. It better be us. Is there more than and one? Podcast? No, no t-shirts. Is there more than one t-shirt? There are four t-shirts, three designs for WPOV wrestling, one design. We're going to have to update it now that you've joined the show, but we have one yes. design uh, for WPOV Global. These t-shirts can be found at www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV wrestling. Uh, there are four designs to choose from. They're all unique and different. Uh, they're $19.95 each plus tax in America. That's, I don't know, $300. I don't know. No, it's not that high, but it's uh, we're Canadians. To us, everything seems high in American. But um, there are four t-shirts to choose from. Anytime you purchase any of these uh, shirts, it goes in to helping this show be better, helping us to uh, expand our platforms, expand our reach, to make it a bigger and better program for you, the viewer. So uh, support your favorite thing. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll get some other merchandise. Maybe we'll get like a beard warmer that says global or something and Andy Ooh. can model it. Wouldn't that be awesome? A beard warmer. <laughs> beard warmer. All right, that sounds folks. like a fire hazard just waiting to happen. Well, <laughs> what you do on your own time. <laughs> Anyways, folks, let's get in to uh, AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! And uh, we are coming off a week. Last week, uh, was the most highest rated uh, AEW Dynamite in like I think the entire year, maybe even ever. It was pretty close to being. Uh, they were only a few thousand short of hitting uh, a million viewers, and <laughs> so. But we also were torn last week. I know uh, when we had the AEW versus NXT, um, Elio, that traitor's dog, and uh, the other members of uh, WPOV voted that NXT was the better show. I disagreed. But let's take a look at today's show. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say, Elio was right when he said in the beginning, hey, do you feel it was felt a little bit longish, and a little sluggish today? And I got to say it did in the middle. Andy, you, uh, you like know what? I, I didn't think so. I thought overall, like to me, the show flowed pretty well. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I have to admit, I mean, I, I started a few minutes late, so I had a bit of, uh, you know, so I was working the PBR uh, I had a phone call that I had to take, uh, and that took a little bit of time. So maybe that's what kind of, you know, even watching, maybe that's what kind of like broke it up for me. Okay. But, uh, but overall, like, I remember like, as I'm watching, I'm like, this doesn't seem too bad. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so let's start off the show this week. Um, we start off with Adam Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver taking on Matt Hardy, uh, Mark Quinn, and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, Andy, why don't you start with you, your feelings about this match? So this was the Hardy Party versus... What were the, they calling themselves? Is Something it the Hardy goofy. Party? Yeah, no, you're at the Hardy Party, but they jokingly called them the good, the bad, and the... Hungy. Hungy. The Hungy. Yeah. Was that, was that private party or was that... Was that, that uh, was silver. They called, they called Silver the Hungy or something like the that. The Hungy, okay. Maybe that's a t-shirt waiting to happen. I don't know. God, who's going to buy that? I'd, that's right up there with the I Am Sami Zayn t-shirt. Oh, that was a terrible design, but okay. Anywho, <laughs> um, you know what? I didn't, I didn't mind this as an opener. And uh, just because there was, there's, there's some, there's not a lot of story between the two of the, between the teams, but as, within the teams kind of, you know, like with Paige and, and uh, join the dark order. And then there's, Matt being, you know, the mentor or whatever for private party, but there's still those, those shades of, you know, 
uh, heel mat. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was it was fun. Uh, it was I enjoyed it. I, I liked that there was a uh, kind of the subtle shades there with uh, Matt that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it, it nothing outstanding to me, but it was it was a fun opener and a good match. So that that yeah. goes a long way when you have a good match to open the show. Okay, Elio. Yeah, um, I thought this was a good match. Um, yeah, the Matt Hardy's. Yeah, you could you can tell whether you could see like flipping. You couldn't didn't know if he was going heel or face, mm -hmm. and he was doing. He was. I don't know. He was doing. I thought he was getting away from that whole broken gimmick, but he could see him do the lead sign. Yeah. Too, so, yeah. but uh, no, it was a good match. I enjoyed this one. Okay, I, I thought it was a good match. I mean, let's face it, it, it was a little bit of a weak setup that they're trying to say the setup here was because Matt Hardy eliminated Adam Page in a yeah. uh, in a battle royal. Which, is that what you're supposed to do in the battle royal? Yeah, that's not like it's not anything <laughs> personal there. If anything, I thought there would be more tension between Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn, uh, or I mean Isaiah Kennedy or Cassidy, because um, you know Matt eliminated Cassidy out of nowhere, his so-called you know protege. Um, I found it extremely hilarious how Alex Reynolds and John Silver came out, sort of reminded me of Kurt Angle with the goofy little hats, and, uh, you know, they brought that up. Um, it was nice to see Alex Reynolds. Uh, it really doesn't seem like you, they show him a lot wrestling on Dynamite. I mean, he does a lot of stuff on um, Dark, but on Dynamite, it's all usually just John Silver, and you don't see much of of. Uh, Reynolds and tonight he really actually did some really interesting stuff. He contributed hard for his team. Yep. Um, thought it was good. Did you guys catch the weird shots they kept taking of Adam Page when things were going really good? They would cut to him and he looked like he was in a movie and he was like, "I'm so happy for the first time in so long." I just I caught I caught to me I was more like catching where it just I didn't see like that maybe I, I didn't notice but it, when I when I saw it. It was kind of the, the kind of the chuckle, the smile, and to me, it was like, you know, is, is he laughing at them? Is he in disbelief that he's, you know, teaming with these guys? Well, I gotta that think was... it means something because they spent so much time with him yeah. holding a drink and looking like he was gonna cry. <laughs> you know, I mean, this seems like this seems like a progression. You know what I mean? Or some yeah. kind of story thing. Um, I also caught the little subtlety of. Uh, at the end of the match, Private Party does all these like crazy ass moves and da da da, and then Matt Hardy tags himself in and takes the pin. That's yeah. some heel shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they even yeah. cut to Mark Quinn with a look on his face, kind of like, whoa. Well, and even the celebratory thing afterwards, right? He's doing the big production, like he, yeah, you know, yeah. He, did, yep. you know, he was doing stuff, and then pulls him in. And that you know, and there's a few other instances throughout the match too that to me were kind of, you know, like the little subtlety, the subtle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, is he in for himself or what? And and that was good. And I and I like seeing that. Okay. Um, I'm also going to say uh, I like this look of Mark Quinn way better than the the tails and the weird mohawk. Yeah. Um, he's an awkward kind of guy to begin with. And when you're a skinny guy like that, having big things hanging off you just makes you look like a scarecrow. He used to look like Jack Skeleton wrestling. <laughs> uh, today, he just looked okay. And I, I thought that was a much better look for him. Uh, good match. Uh, not the greatest match, but a pretty good match. And like yeah. I said, it was nice to get uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver really showed a lot in this match. Okay. Uh, let's see. We move over to, uh, <laughs> we go to this dumb thing in the back. Alex Marvez, uh, he's got all of uh, the inner circle there. And for some reason, he's given MJF uh, this award 
for the dinner debonair thing, which we've talked about many yeah. times. This is, this is legit, though. It is legit. Yes. But it was weird that it was almost seeming like he's handing it to MJF when it's definitely a two-man production. Yeah. And this still even highlights, you know, you've got MJ. How long and why does does Chris Jericho keep taking these snide little undercuts? Why? You're the leader of a group. Slap those bitches down and show them you're the leader of the group. Instead, he's like getting mad. And then, of course, MJF strokes his ego. But he's like, oh, yeah, buddy. You know, like, wow, you're really being uh, worked here, Chris Jericho. Yeah, MJF calling him Jericho's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think it's, it's this kind of stuff where, you know, when we, we've talked about elsewhere, we've talked about it like yeah. on Global and, and, and elsewhere talking about the the development and the, the whole storyline with MJF, Jericho and the inner circle and what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's these type of things where, uh, again, like to me, it, it doesn't come out like MJF's being you know, that sneaky, that dastardly, that underhand. He's just being a dick. He's just being a dick. And, and Jericho, you know, is either, I'm saying either oblivious to it mm-hmm. or, or he's just, you know, taking it. And it's, to me, it's, it's I, th- I think the desired effect where they're looking for MJF to be like this major heel and, and Jericho to be like this ultimate baby face it gets tougher and tougher every week because the mm-hmm. way they're doing this, you know, we, and we've talked about it, like, well, they need to, you know, have longer storylines and draw them out. Yes. But just by doing that and having Jericho look like a schmuck. Yeah. Not isn't cool. giving, not giving him the sympathy to be that baby face. Right. I mean, if anything, Jericho, they, if he's going to do this kind of stuff, he just can't be out no dick. He's got to be kind of a little more sly where yeah. Chris Jericho might think okay maybe i'm just reacting or reacting a bit you know but he's out and out being a dick and any leader of a group will not take anybody out and out acting like a dick so it does make jericho seem a little foolish and i'm not sure if that's the best way to go about uh doing these things um next oh boy we have, your favorite we have cody rhodes and brandy are at home and uh the doorbell rings they get a gift and they open it up and it's an announcement that Brandy's pregnant. Now, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad wrestling fan. Part of me was wondering, are they going to do some like, you know, like angle where, you know, like uh, Jade Carville causes her to miscarry a la uh, Lita getting pushed by Snitsky. You know what I mean? My oh, first, it's bad. My mind went there, first of all. Yeah. God, I oh, there's still lots true. of time. Yeah, there's still lots of time to do it. Um, so they give us this announcement. Uh, do we even? Do you guys even want to say anything about this announcement? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I kind of didn't think so. Okay, so then uh, all Cody wrestling starts because now we get a <laughs> giant ass. Um, have you? Have any of you guys ever played Final Fantasy VII? No. Okay, there was. The, it's funny. At first time you do this move, there's this ultimate move break where your character can initiate on people, and this move break honestly takes like a minute for it to set up before it hits your opponent. Your oh. opponent's standing there. He can't move. But it starts off like these things are going. It goes through the fucking solar system, <laughs> gathering power and stuff from planets. It does like a big production. Cool, yeah, and then boom, it hits. And you're like, oh, the first time. Try doing that two or three times or the fourth time you've done it where you're like, oh, I can get these guys already. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's what Cody's thing feels like. It felt cool the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Third time, I was like, oh, this is a little long. Fourth time, it's like, 
Are you yeah. freaking kidding me? What has it got to be this way? It, really? It's almost like Cody's entrance and Jericho's entrance at this point, like with Jericho's entrance with the, uh, the singing. everybody singing. Yeah, although yeah. today it did seem like it, it, it was shorter. Yeah, because yeah, they can't maintain the illusion yeah. that people are actually singing. But it's, it's like those two entrances, it's like, yeah, no, no, you know what? Let's cut out a couple extra minutes there. Maybe let's give them to uh, like another match or something. Or, yeah. you know, someone give somebody else a little more promo time. It, uh, as long as it's not Vicky. Oh, anyhow. Um, <laughs> so this was, uh, it, 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 okay, let's get into this match. Uh, Cody versus Angelico. Um, who, how about Elio? You want to start off on this one? Okay, first, first thing I say is it was, it, it was a good thing we saw minimum Cody tonight. Uh-huh. He, was, he wasn't all over the show. Uh, I was okay with this match. It, uh, it was just your basic Cody match. I knew he was going to win, but I thought in, yeah. and Helico did some great moves here. I, did, okay. he, I thought he did well. Okay. Uh, Andy. I, you know what? I didn't mind this match at all. I, I thought they had good chemistry together. I thought they worked well together. Uh, you know, yeah, there wasn't much doubt that Cody was going to win. Although when they do some of these matches, the, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to see that upset. I want to see, <laughs> yeah. you know, see him put somebody over. Uh, I almost feel a little bit like, and this might be a dated reference for a lot of listeners and viewers. It's almost like Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football. You know, <laughs> yeah. She's playing football and she's Cody. It's like, oh, Cody's going to let someone win. Cody's going to let someone win. And it's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is no. that the young buck stick? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, but uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't mind this match at all. Um, okay. You know, I'll, I'll wait till after to talk about the aftermath. But uh, okay. yeah, no, as far as the match goes. I, I was good with it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I this Angelico guy is kind of uh, working on me. Um, I'm enjoying him. Uh, I liked. Okay, it is hard that he's so freaking thin. Is a hard uh, sell, but the guy has a unique uh, move set. He has uh, some really unique holds. They really talk him up about being a master of lucha libre. Um, submissions which is almost funny in itself because you don't really see a lot of submissions <laughs> you don't you don't really put lucha libre in a, submissions together that's, that seems like an odd sentence but they got to have some and he's been taught uh, some really cool unique moves um the only problems i ever really have uh his partner is kind of useless jack evans is just like this tiny little goof who even got pushed over and shoved around by Arn Anderson, for God's sakes. Anderson is so old now, you know, if you just kick him once in the knee, he's done. But he shoved around Jack Evans and made Evans look like the biggest wuss kid in the world. He even <laughs> backed off totally after that. Um, I almost feel at this point, especially when they wrestle together, that I wish Angelico could find a heavier hitting partner. You know, uh, he already does the lighter stuff. And now you've got Jack Evans, who does even lighter stuff. Uh, including lots of the flip uh, gymnastics, which look more like gymnastics than wrestling moves. So that's my only concern about them. But uh, I like the look. Uh, what do you guys think of that crazy-ass dance he does? I don't know what the hell that thing is. He does the, the goofiest-looking little dance coming out of there. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Maybe that'll be a thing coming up. It'll be Who a knows? thing. It'll be a thing. Uh, match ends. Cody gets the win. Yes, there was not one time in this match that I thought that Angelico really had a chance. And yes, I kind of hoped he had more. And wow, it would be cool if he got the upset, but you just knew this wasn't the match for yep. it. Uh, then we have this kind of 
<laughs> oh yeah, dun, dun, I, made I made this. I made this note about this, and I want to see if you guys caught what he meant. And maybe you did, and maybe you didn't. I'll be super proud if you did. Um, so Team Taz comes out, and they take the opportunity to come out when Cody is there with Arn. Um, what's his name? Uh, Starks. No, no, the guy up in the rafters. Oh, Darby, Darby Allen. Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. Darby Allen's up in the rafters, so he can't help. And all five members of Team Taz, including Taz, some six of them come out, and they say they're going to go in there and kick Cody's ass in. Okay. Then the lights go out and the music start. And for some reason, in all these years, Sting has learned to, con- learn to make things snow. Because snow, for some reason that's never been explained, uh, becomes a thing for casting once again. Sting comes out looking like your grandfather. Winter is still coming. <laughs> winter is still oh, Next year's insane. winter is coming now. <laughs> you, you guys ever see Grand Torino? The, yeah, the Clint Eastwood yeah. movie? Yes. That's what Sting reminds me of when he comes out with his baseball bat. There's Clint Eastwood trying to get those horrible gangbangers off the street. Um, he's looking a little old for wear. Uh, I find it extremely funny that he comes out. The only person who wanted to go at him was uh, Hobbs. Everyone else seemed terrified, including uh, Taz, who, got, who booted it out of there really darn quick. Um, what did you guys think of this, of the Sting confrontation here? Uh, do you want to go? Are they using wanna... him right? You go ahead. Are you... Okay. Uh, okay. When we, when we first saw Sting at Winter's Coming, it was a surprise. It was nice to see. Then we saw him again. And he didn't really say much. Yeah, like just uh, they put him in with Cody Rhodes. And now we see him again with Cody Rhodes. So I don't know. I just didn't, if we start seeing him every single week. Andy, you want to weigh in on this thing? Thing. I. I was. The the concept I'm okay with. It was the presentation and the setup that I wasn't a fan of. Just for partially, you know, like how, how you guys said, it's like okay, there's five of them there, we're six in there. Yeah, Cody, we're going to get you. And then, you know, the music hits. Everybody stands there. Sting comes out. And who was was it Hobbs? Is that or Stark whoever came close to him and then he pulled the bat out? No, it was Hobbs. It was Hobbs. Hobbs, okay. the, Hobbs, Hobbs the one to be aggressive. That yeah. actually went, okay. So even to me, it's like, you know, the six, the six on two, like six on two, especially when they're like kind of divided like that. My thing, when the lights went out, I wanted to see when the lights came back on. Him hitting them. No, okay. I wanted to see Sting in the ring. Not right. yes. I was looking for that too. Yes. Because at least to me, then you've got that solid stand side by side. And that makes a little more sense. Because in that sense, it's almost like being in the ring. They almost have a little bit of the higher ground. Right. But when you've got Sting over here, you've got Cody over here. You know, it's like, okay, well, still, like, even if you guys even if you guys don't go after Sting and you guys ran into the ring, you still get some shots at Cody before Sting would get in there. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you like all jumped at once to try and get Sting, you know, you get a couple shots. And so for them, to, to me, I kind of looked, made the, I, I felt like it made the heels look a little hokey. Yeah. Because of the it way that was set up. If, like I said, if it was, if the lights went out, music started, Lights came back on, Sting was beside him, and, and even Cody's still doing like the what, what, you know, and then if the guy started coming closer to the ring and then he pulls the bat out, mm-hmm. okay, because then, you know, the guy's got to try and come into the ring, then you can start using the bat. There's your higher ground, there's your advantage. Okay. That would have, to me, would have been, I felt would have been a stronger 
stronger presentation would have made sense but to have them split up like that it just it, it was it was a weak segment it, it wasn't i didn't have an issue with it oh sting's older or this or that it was just to me the logistics of it now what do you think do you think this is the effective way to use sting if they just keep doing this sort of thing him walking out being a presence because i mean he is 61 and he was injured yeah. badly in his last match uh i i think well i think with him it's going to be less is more i don't know if you should if they should have him out every week um right. but it you know that that whether we like it or not that's what it's going to be he's not going to be working in ring mm -hmm. matches every week or you know if he's going to be doing something even semi regular it wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me if it's going to be okay well you know the tag matches or or a six man or something like that it's it's not going to be oh this week sting you know the the sting open challenge thing or something yeah i guarantee you guys we're going to see sting every week till this contract's done why do i say that is because uh, the recorded um, bumps in ratings have specifically been sting and kenny omega every time those two have been on for the last two or three weeks the numbers have jumped exponentially. Yeah. So there is no way they're not going to put Sting on. And now they're probably going to tell you Sting's coming just so you're going to tune in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, th it was, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it was cool. I mean, I, as much as I'm going to mock the snow thing, it's still kind of a cool effect. He's got this own thing when he comes out that's like takes over the whole thing. That's kind of cool, I guess. I'm sure I'm going to get sick of it after a while if this is every week. But as soon as you knew the, the lights and the snow, you knew, you know, it puts the fear in your eyes. Yeah. The, bad, the villain's like, oh, shit, you know. Um, the funny part I wanted to point out, uh, and it took me a few seconds, is St Taz comes out and he refers to uh, Darby Allen as Turtle Boy. And uh, someone and then Stark called him Turtle Boy. So in my head at first, I'm racking my head. Did they call him? What's the tie in here? Do you guys know what the actual thing is they were getting at? Do you guys know what this was? And it took me a few seconds, but I got it. As soon as you, if you've never seen this, you won't get it. If you've seen it, you're just going to start laughing your head off. You guys have any clue? It has nothing to do with wrestling. Okay. Uh, it's a very famous little meme where this, uh, this reporter was at a fair and she was asking uh, people what they thought of, I can't remember what was some kind of thing that they had just seen. They get to a kid whose face oh. is painted like Darby Allen's, but the full oh, no, face. Wait, and he looks up and he goes, I like turtles. I like okay. turtles. <laughs> and it was so funny because even Darby Allen laughed because his makeup, makeup looks like that turtle kid's was kid kid's short face one. painted? Yes, his face was painted like Frankenstein because it was at a fair and it was gray and he had short blonde hair like Darby Allen. And he's like, I like turtles. <laughs> so like, oh, they're making fun of that. And when they cut to Darby Allen, he was kind of chuckling. And it was just like, Okay, that was probably a bad cut to him because it took away some of the thing. But... Yes! <laughs> yes, you're looking it up, aren't you? Of That's course like... I am. <laughs> and it took me, like, it honestly took me two of them to say it till, till in my head going, what are they talking about? You know? And then when <laughs> it came together, it was... Awesome. <laughs> oh my god, for Taz to um ring that That's up. That's awesome. That was pretty good. <laughs> okay, for folks, we had to share that with you. It was, uh, it was too much. Okay, so um 
<laughs> okay, Myro wearing some more shitty uh, clothing that makes him doesn't make him look cool or anything like that. Comes out wearing this crappy looking sweater. And we're told that he is going to be fined $75,000. $25,000 for each person that he hurt backstage. He's not suspended. No, no, you'll be on Dark next week. You'll be on Dun Dynamite next week, too. Yeah, but apparently, for all he knows, has some money that Orange Cassidy owes him. <laughs> what are you talking about, Elio? Please explain. That, that's, yeah. what he, that's, that's what he, what he said. said. That's what he said yeah. in, the, in, in the promo. In the oh, promo, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant basically it was like Orange Cassidy's fault. Basically, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, he comes out, announces that next week he's going to make a giant special announcement involving Kip and Penelope, and then he walks off. And my favorite thing. And was, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Oh, but do you forget what he said before? He said it was his birthday. Marvez says, "It's Christmas, man. You put three people in the hospital." It's Christmas. And Myra goes, bah, humbug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much you can do. Please get rid of these stupid Euro trash clothing he's wearing. It doesn't <laughs> help. It does not help. It really doesn't. Um, all right. We move on right next to this. Uh, and okay, you know what? You sent me a very harsh little uh, thing, Andy. When Myra came out, you're like, what's with the audio again? Yeah. They did. They had two slip-ups with the audio. There was a couple. Yeah, there was a few. Yeah. Um, once again, that's there is no reason. Okay. There is no reason in the world that this needed to be done live at all. There was no interaction with anything. There's no crowd to react to it. Take your time. Edit this crap. We don't need to make you look like you're some crappy little production. You know what I mean? This is like high school crap. You can't get your microphones in order. Not cool, AEW. You're on national television. Get your shit together. Do better. Okay? Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out. Um, he's sort of a weird one. Eh? Eddie Kingston sometimes just acts so weird. He he kind of acts sometimes like he's too much of a mouth and too much of a punk. And somebody is going to punch him in the face. Because yeah. he's not that big of a dude, right? Like when he comes out, he's like, I'll slap you or I'll choke you. Or, <laughs> and then he does that walk and then walk. You know, like sometimes it's a little too much. I find, I find you, you know, Andy will tell you, less is more. Maybe do a little less and, you know, be a little more menacing. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that Lance Archer runs out and beats the – okay, first of all, Eddie, Eddie saying how God's his enemy. <laughs> a little odd before Christmas, but okay. <laughs> his number one enemy is God. He's yeah, still the, here. The, the first wow, one is a man that's a heel. That's a wow. heel. You know, Vince McMahon will team with him. Hey, because Vince McMahon <laughs> pinned God, I believe, in a match once. Um, <laughs> anyhow, um, so he calls out Archer, makes fun of Pat, calls out Archer. Archer comes out, starts beating the snot out of him. I mean, Eddie didn't even get in a punch. He's turtling in the corner, getting the crap kicked out he of him. He likes turtles. He likes turtles. <laughs> I was wondering what you guys were going to do that. They're kicking the crap out of Eddie. Out come the butcher and the blade. They, three of them now, they can't get a hold of Archer. He's slipping in what and out, slapping them. cluster fudge that was. I had to rewind it to make sure. I'm like, what? Just like, his Archer went to go hit the ropes, but then Eddie was there, and then Eddie yeah. sort of grabbed onto him, and then Blade sort of ducked under, but nobody really threw anything. <laughs> and then it was like, what the hell? And then the other guys come in, and then it's like, uh, Blade and, and Butcher and Blade both had to like switch places. <laughs> yeah, it was so oh. awkward. And you got, 
I got to give some of the, the heat to Archer here too, because, um, okay, they finally have it so that as they, they don't even really get a hold of Archer, what outcomes, um, uh, Fen- Fenta, <laughs> and, Fenta <laughs> and Phoenix come out and, uh, they, they're there. Uh, Buddy jumps back out of the ring. She's yelling at them. And then in comes uh, Pack. Okay. And they start now a f- probably the most awkward four on three beating I've ever seen. Yeah. Because Archer doesn't seem to know what to do. Everyone's paired off except him. And he's standing there very awkwardly throwing really weak punches at the back of Eddie Kingston. But and, not- and, and every time Pack went after Kingston, Archer would pull him back. Yeah, I mean, at the end, that made sense storyline. Yeah, but yeah. in the beginning of this, it was some seriously bad. It was almost like Archer didn't know what to do for a few seconds. Like he was well, like, and the uh... fact that you it was a four on three for the baby faces. <laughs> yeah, like that's whoever booked that to me is the same one that's booking Sheeta being like a chicken as a baby face champion. Right, and I mean, it didn't even serve to look like a good uh, lesson. Um, that's the part I had about this is what was the point of this? I mean, I think it would have been much more effective had they chased them out right away, but they definitively beat Eddie Kingston yeah. up in the corner and they slapped around the butcher and the blade and took their lunch money. I mean, these, they looked so freaking weak in this. They got no comeback. They got no heat. They got nothing except they got scalded like dogs. And then they tried to do some weak storyline at the end where pack and Archer start pushing each other around. Yeah. So just not a very well. I'm going to say I thought this was a poorly conceived idea. I don't. I don't know what it was supposed to. What purpose it was supposed to serve, unless the purpose is to remind us that Archer is a villain, and that he doesn't belong to this group. And if that's the case, then I think they still could have done this a lot better. Ah. Yeah. Let's just give this a kind of a stinker row. This this was not yeah. a really good. Uh, I I couldn't get past the fact that it was four heels on three baby face or sorry four baby faces on three heels and how bad that initial cluster looked with, yeah. with, with uh. it was bad. It was bad. It's like, this is somebody who's writing this stuff. I mean, we saw last week, the women, that was like a terrible, terrible, shitty mock backstage fight that the women had. Yeah. And then the week before that, when the best friends and Miro and those guys, that was terribly yeah. paced and done together. Somebody, whoever's doing these things, they need to get someone else to do it. There's because... some indie riffic things going on here that we, yeah. we shouldn't be seeing at this level. No, you're right. Um, I'm going to say uh, the logistics behind this next part is stupid, but props Are we to talking Dustin about the Dustin? Yeah, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> props to Dustin Rhodes for giving a pretty cool um, promo, but uh, don't listen too closely to what he's saying because it's pretty fucking stupid why he's mad and going to get revenge. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, great for the guy could throw the passion and make give us a promo that sounded cool, yeah, but when you listened and know what this is about, you're just like, yeah, why the fuck do you even care? Stupid. Oh, wow, they brought yeah. up the number seven. Like, it was just so yeah. dumb. And what did you think of this? No, I don't have much to say. I you basically summed it up. It's it goes to sh- you know the the kind of crappiness of what he's been given, but yet mm. the professionalism and how good he is at still putting yeah. it over. I mean, I there was a part of me that's like, yeah, I want to see him beat uh, Uno. You know? Yeah. Why the fuck is he mad? <laughs> when I started thinking about what he was saying, I was like, I don't know why we're yelling, but we're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Loud noises. 
<laughs> okay, now this is the next part where this is for me where it dragged, okay? Wow. Because this was a lot of people not yeah. doing a lot of stuff. There was a picture in picture which I was extremely hard to follow. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure why all these guys are fighting each other anymore. But we have the inner circle versus the best friends, top flight, the varsity blondes. And well, okay, Brandon Cutler wasn't there because I guess uh, what's the big dude in inner circle? Uh, Wardlow. Wardlow. Wardlow said to have had some uh, family problems. So it became a six on six instead of a seven oh. on seven, which didn't make it any less shitty than I thought it was. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I, I just gave up watching this match. It was just like, I really didn't care what was going on very much in this match. It just didn't seem like the only, the only thing really I'm gonna, the only thing I'm going to say is I like top flight. Yeah, top flight is uh, they're showing. We're going to obviously see need to see what these guys bring to the table with promos and yeah. the way they carry themselves. But yeah. they have some good looking wrestling in there, and it isn't. You know, sometimes you see guys just jumping around. And you're like, oh. He gently touched him as he did his 13 backflips. Or, you know, these guys uh, do some spectacular stuff that actually looks good. They know how to to, to sell it and, and to promote it forward. It, it their shit looks good. Uh, and I'm very surprised at that. I'm very at this level that these guys have have been so solid looking. I thought they were gonna fall apart after the second or third week. But uh, this is like th week three of them that we've seen, and they are looking like a credibly good tag team. I give them that. Uh, the inner circle wins. But basically, who the fuck cares? There were no stakes here. There was nothing really of importance for this match. Uh, the only kind of heat you had to bring in was the ancient old, isn't this done yet? Best friends versus, uh, in, what were those guys called again? Proud and powerful. Yeah. That's yeah. about all that really came out of this match. Guys, anyone want to weigh in on this one? I am going to go, based on the way this sounds and how Elio was kind of echoing what you are saying, I will take the opposite stance. I actually enjoyed this match. Okay. I thought it was fun. Um, there's times with sometimes with these bigger matches, you know, if you, to me, it's like, you're not going to see a, a typical story as far as, you know, like if it was like a singles match or a tag match or even a six man, because once you get this many guys in, it's just, it's just too tough to do that. So to me, it's like, you're getting a whole bunch of little mini things, in between yeah. and maybe you've got some of the storylines which which were woven in there and you know like even the traditional heat you know you get some heat on a guy but even then it's tough to get a lot of heat again because there's so many guys and so much going on um to me it was fun for what it was i thought it was neat to see pillman and jericho in there because you know they talked about the calgary connection they talked yeah. about you know bright you know uh, yeah. yeah yeah and all that stuff i thought that was very cool so to see uh jericho in there with with brian jr i thought that was cool um you know you mentioned proud and powerful and best friends i like the fact that they you know they kind of had the bit of the callback to it. it's like where they end up you know what they one-on-one -on -one in the ring then the partner came in then the partner came in da -da 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 -da, you know just a little jaw jacking back and forth and then all of a sudden all heck breaks loose and i liked it i thought that was good um yeah, with the heels going over, I, I think what just adds to that was, uh, again, was kind of most of the work being almost kind of like this, like similar to Matt and uh, Private Party. It was like, you know, the work was done by the others. And then MJF got, the, you know, made the tag in and got the pin. So it was like he got the, the pin for, for his team. Um, I'm guessing just by the way it seems AEW likes to do stuff and 
and in my head thinking this is kind of the you know a Chris Jericho thing is you know putting the established inner circle in with all you know with these other guys mm-hmm. uh, to quote unquote give a little bit of a rub mm-hmm. and just being in the ring with them I and we've had discussions and I don't agree that there is a rub there mm-hmm. but just the fact that these guys got to be in the ring together I think that was probably more of the reason why it was done more than anything. Well, I did know uh, the the announcers seemed to really be putting over Pillman's partner a lot. Yeah, Griff Garrison. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. he was comparing him to, to Edge and to, to Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So I did notice that. I did notice, uh, you know, uh, Brian was in there, Pillman Jr., and uh, he could easily not have been. Like, they didn't have a lot of uh, focus on him, I thought, in this match, which they usually tend to do. Well, he had the early uh, focus because he had a lot of time. At the beginning there with Jericho, he had a lot of time in there with Jericho off the get-go. Okay, I like I said, this was one of those matches where I kept zoning out, and the the circle um, picture and picture just really yeah, kind of yeah. screwed it up for me. I had a hard time recovering from that. Um, yeah, I guess it was just it, you look at it, and it was the inner circle with a bunch of young guys. Yep. And and it was okay, but like I said, it wasn't really my cup of tea, and I found it a little. It made me kind of took an air out of me in a two-hour program. Going, <sighs> um, this I'm going to say I really liked. I liked, okay, first of all, Thunder Rosa. That's quite the voice you got when you do your promos. <laughs> That's a strong Latina voice right there. It's something. Um, yeah. But you know what? Okay, Britt Baker jumping her and beating the crap out of her and then pouring water on her face. Yeah. Man, that was cool. It was good. It was good. Because I now I want to see thunder rosa beat the snot out of her yeah um and let's give her props for the looking at the camera and says is this thing still working i thought her <laughs> ugly face might have broken it yeah. <laughs> um i liked it yeah. guys yeah good yeah, stuff i liked it that, that was pretty cool <laughs> okay yeah, that was funny. now this is where this really nose dives for me right now okay oh. holy god guys the claims suck shit these guys are fucking terrible. That that rap in the beginning was so painfully terrible. And I'm pretty sure anyone that belonged in those guys' neighborhood is going to beat those guys up. That was an embarrassing level shit. And especially when Kaz, who even acknowledges he's a shitty rapper, can make himself sound better than yeah. what you're doing. Ouch. Yeah. And I even wrote down, uh, Kaz made fun of them saying they were like men on a mission. I want to say no. Men on the mission were at least fun and kind of entertaining. These guys were the absolute drizzling shits. As well. I do not. They wasted a good name of the acclaimed on these two idiots. Okay. Oscar was a better rapper than uh, than these. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, SCU looked great in there. The acclaimed man, they just were not. They just we could oh. not get out of first gear. Um, and then they win with the lame ass. And maybe that's their thing. Is that gonna, Maybe they'll just be those annoying honky-tonk man type of wrestlers where they don't do shit and then they chade at the end and get the thing and you hate them. Uh, I don't know why then you'd waste yourself calling yourself the acclaimed because that seems like a name that should go to a cooler team. Um, we did see on our chat bar as we were all watching this, uh, Tony Diaz said he wanted to see Top Flight versus the acclaimed. No, you don't want <laughs> Top Flight dragged down to these guys' as dreck. No way. Uh, I don't want to see that. Top Flight deserves better. The Acclaimed, um, I think Dark's calling, and you better get back on, because yeah. I'm pretty sure their episode's still overlapping this episode. Uh, I, I, I don't even know their individual names. That's how memorable they are for me. 
Well, I won't say that because there's a lot of names that I don't know, so I can't <laughs> go that. that far. But yeah, uh, Andy, weigh in. That was it. <laughs> Am I off the mark? Am I off the mark here? I'm. I'm not a big fan. I just. It's. The, the sad thing is, um, the reason to, oh man, and I don't know if we should blame AEW for this, but I did have a friend who who watches uh, Dark, and told me that he was excited that this team would come up because I've never seen them before wrestle. Right. He said on Dark they're pretty good. I did not see that at all, at all. They look like bad gimmicks. Uh, then they had some shitty stuff to say to the young bucks. And now they're getting a title shot. Oh, that, that was even worse at the end. Their rap at the end. Oh, yeah. It was all painful. It was all painful. There was nothing funny, hip, cool, different. You know, I mean, even Kaz, who's who's self-deprecating in his thing, is still knocking it out of the park compared to what yeah. those guys did. And just painful, just painful. And I. SCU deserves better than this. Oh man, they're such a good team. So so many good fluid things they were doing in here, just to get lost by a, a boom box. A boom box. Who the fuck carries a boom box anymore? <laughs> to the head. Oh my lord. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, are you guys looking forward to uh, the young? Uh, what was the dumb thing he said in his rap to the uh, young buck? Something about they were like girls who were on their cycle or some yeah. stupid thing and it's yeah. like yeah that was that was one thing you know what that was one thing that i wrote uh and you know and i think it happened once or twice else you guys know i'm i'm not a fan of the swearing yeah uh, at least on this show and, and even you know again I, I see i shouldn't say when it has it's like a spot when it has purpose and it has meaning Mm-hmm. It can be so much more. It can be so powerful. Right. But it seems it like up. so many people just drop it just because the you know, TNT does. It, it to me doesn't mean anything. And there was back to back where I, I think uh, the acclaimed. I think it was like something that they called. Uh, was it they called the Young Bucks? I think they called them bitches or something. Like, or they said like some somehow they threw bitch or bitches in there yeah and then the very next thing was the top flight promo and i think they said bitch or bitches yeah and both of it was just it's like to me it was just kind of like eh, it's like the equivalent like like you know in this promo yeah you're stupid and then the next promo yeah you're stupid it just there's just nothing like i i, I just don't it loses get the fact just, I, I, yeah, I, just, I don't like the swearing just to like sound cool yeah, well, it's, it's like I said, they're doing it just just because it's like, oh yeah, you guys should say that. That'd be cool. Like people will pop for that. And I'm like, no, just it means you're not any smarter. You can't come up with anything better. Yeah. Well, Rick, you know, we 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 may tease Rick, but Rick always is right. He's like, it's just cheap heat. Any idiot can just say a swear to try and make yourself look cool, and it doesn't work. Um, and it didn't work here. And you know, these guys they kept saying stuff, and they. I, I don't get uh, the, the network here because they bleep, but they bleep after the swear starts. So you know what the swear yeah. is anyways. It's not even effective. It's ridiculous. Um, next, we move on to uh, Big Swole oh God. and Serena Deeb taking on Diamante and Ivelisse. Oh. Uh, Andy, you want to start on this one? Uh Let's. How about Elio? How about you start this one? <laughs> None of us want to touch this. Uh, well, uh, this one I really enjoy this match. Uh, 
You did or didn't? Uh, no, I didn't. I really okay. have. Uh, I don't really have anything much to say in this match. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't enjoy this match. Okay. Um, well, that. I'm very much. No, I. You know what? I'll because it won't be a lot yeah. for me either. Um, I, 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 I trying to be objective, but just big swole. As soon as she comes out to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just, uh, it's like, uh, like I was. I like Serena Deeb. I like Diamante. I like Ivelisse. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot of good stuff with them, and it just Big Swole still has a way to go before she wins me over. And it just, you know, it. it I even said this before. Like to me, like mm-hmm. if, if there's a point in time at, earlier where she was like bigger and more muscular or something, but uh-huh. like right now, like she's not that much bigger than the other girls. Yeah, she's not so swole. No, no. <laughs> she's like she's a skinny girl with defined muscles now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it just takes it away from me. And uh, there's just something about her, something about her look. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, you're not buying it. I get I'm it. Not, I'm not buying it. Like, like I said, the other three ladies, there was, was solid stuff, okay. and I would, I enjoy watching them. But just with her, it was just no. I would no. say the um, end, the ending. That was some of the weakest kicks that he was delivering. Okay, no, we're not there yet, Elio. Let everyone <laughs> get their things in. <laughs> look at the look on his face. Um, I'm going to say this is uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, I enjoyed her wrestling today. Um, yep. She really uh, did some really cool stuff. I mean, she had her like in a Indian, was it an Indian death lock? And then she switched over and suplexed the other one over. Well, you know, it was quite a cool transition. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of what she did. Um, Big Swole does not do it for me at all. Uh, wrestling wise, she seems weak. She seems like she's too pushing too fast into stuff you know she's like stepping over into people's moves she's you know it's like slow her down timing and her footwork's a little off a little off it's very off um Eva Lise, she's like hit or miss with me some days she seems like she's a good wrestler other days like today she seemed kind of sloppy in there quite a bit I was not impressed with Eva Lise. however diamante um i'm surprised that she's not the bigger name than Eva Lise, you know because yeah. She seems to bring a lot more to the table. And I know I'm probably going to sound sexist here or whatever, but um, did you guys catch um, Diamante's shorts? <laughs> because they Ooh, were so wear short small. shorts. Yeah. They were so small that every time I'd be like, man, she's hot. And then I'd see her face and I go, no, she's not. But then <laughs> I see her shorts again. She's hot. No, she's not. Yeah, she's <laughs> So, you know what? It's sometimes a thing in wrestling where you can take away the fact that I'm not saying Diamante's by any means ugly. She's just not pretty. She's just very plain. She's just not your type. No, I like, like I find, okay. In my mind, I find her slightly attractive, but I know a lot of people would not. They think she's very plain. Uh, But the shorts thing is so much in your face (laughs) that it works. You know what I mean? Um, Like I said, though, this match suffered a lot with Big Swole, you know? And um, I'm going to say was not the biggest fan of it. Okay. Uh, You know, I don't want to sound mean or anything like that. And let's talk. You know what? You're right, Elio, because the post-match beatdown with um, Nyla and Vicky uh, Guerrero coming out, that was some like, Vicky might as well have been pushing a rabbit with her toe. (laughs) That was some shitty kicking she was doing. And she kept looking around like, am I still supposed to be kicking? Should I stop kicking? Am I kicking? Are we kicking? Is the match still on? Is the match over? Do we are when's the when's the run in? You know, it was like 
it was sort of bad. It's like when you see somebody who obviously doesn't know much about wrestling or has never, re- you know, I know Vicky's been in there. Maybe she hasn't been in there for a long time, but it was like, she was so a, a sore thumb in there in this whole beatdown. like get her out of there. She's making it look bad. Um, you had to know that red velvet was going to run out with a chair. Um, I'm surprised she took so long and set up so long. I didn't think she would actually hit Nyla Rose. I thought for sure everyone would jump out before the actual thing. Cause you see that a lot. Somebody yeah. runs in with a chair. Gets ready to swing and yeah, and they hit the rope or some shit. But no, she cracked <laughs> pretty good across the back. Uh, the other girls, they got the hell out of there quick. Then I don't know why it seems so awkward. All three of those girls are four of them leaning over the ropes, yelling at the other ones. Just and it went on for so long. It was just like, okay, we get the point. They're mad at each other. Can we move on now? Picture in picture, where are you? Uh, never happened. <laughs> and then now we come to the main event of the evening. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, what have I missed? You missed uh, the best friends promo. Oh, did I really miss it? Okay. Well, you know, just because, and, and this is thing we, we talked about this even kind of going into the finals for for the ring with with Orange Cassie and stuff. But I made the point because in here the, the the guys are talking, and they're they're saying about how oh yeah well you know you guys interfered and, and cost orange Cassidy the match. And it, it, I quote it's it ruined his life. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Why would it ruin his life? He gives a shit about anything. Yeah. So like, to me, it's like, and, and I said, I quote ruined his life. And then my next thing is WTF. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Just, oh. <laughs> you see Andy, orange Cassie doesn't care about many things in this world. But the one thing, <laughs> His entire life has been around his winning a match where he would win a ring. And this ring would have changed his life. He would have been more of outgoing. He more outspoken. He would have talked to children. He would have done videos about, you know, PSAs and stuff like that. But MJF took away the one thing in his life that meant anything. And that was that goddamn ring. God damn you, MJF. Okay, and it ruined his life. That explanation was a lot better than that. Yes, <laughs> that was a better promo. That was a better promo than what we saw. So kudos to you. Yeah. And okay, then and following that, okay, yeah. sorry, did you have something to add to that? No. What I wanted to say is they did this in the middle of that big match. I am sick of the big hug, the camera pulling back like Okada, and stupid Excalibur going, "Give the people what they want." No, we don't want that shit. It's stupid. It's indie graphic <laughs> crap. Okay, sorry. Wait a second. You're going back to this, the 12 man for that? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Just I thought of it then. Sorry. And then we follow up with the Jurassic uh, Express video. Oh, you're going to touch that? Oh, yes. But, okay, no, let's no. Do the but that's because yes. that was the whole thing was, you know, like like this is something that the, the, where I kind of joked with Elio at the start. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is what fans have been clamoring for or something. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Who? What? And then FTR, <laughs> yeah, then they come out and they're like, their thing is, Oh, what's happened to the tag team division? And I'm thinking, have you not watched the show? It's like almost every match has been a tag match. Yeah, and they're not in it. Where the fuck are you guys? <laughs> yeah, has the tag team matches? You're busy showing all these goofs, and it's like, well, yeah, I agree with your statement there, but to yeah. say that anything's happened to the tag division, that's all. We're getting. Even at the top of the show, I think Jr. Tony said, "Oh, yeah, this is like one of several tag matches we're going to have tonight." Yeah, I exactly. think the tag division's alive and well. Like. <laughs> It's just shitty. <laughs> no, it's not shitty. I'm just kidding. But uh, FTR guys, I mean, they, 
you know, everyone bitched about how the WWE didn't use them, right? Yeah. Man, AEW's not using these guys no. right. I, for, they almost feel to me mm-hmm. like Grandpa Simpson. Yes! They're yelling at the <laughs> moon telling their stories. Old death! In my day, we tied an onion around our wrestling belt, because that was the fashion of the time. And we, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Too That's much. what they're, they're, yeah, it's like the cause they're fighting. Oh, it's just not. Like, the one thing yeah. I'm going to agree with this is this. We got one really package of wrestlers for Jurassic Express. And who are they fighting next week? The two guys you know who are never going to win. It's like generic Dark Order idiots. And they got a package for that. <laughs> you tell me that I'm sure there's going to be a lot of good tag team matches and that match next week. Why couldn't we get a package about some real teams fighting some teams, not just the, the, the dark order Drex who we throw together now and then so they can pat up somebody else's win record. Sorry. Sorry for disturbing. Oh, oh I, I... <laughs> now our final match. I don't know if you're going to call it our main event. Yeah, this was not a good match. It was sort of funny. You know what? We saw this a couple days ago. Rick sent us this uh, thing and it caused a little bit of, uh, dissension amongst the, the four of us where there was a picture of uh, Joy Janela was going to be the first match with Kenny Omega. Uh, everyone was moaning and groaning. And then I said, well, it is kind of traditional. The first couple of matches of uh, the champion defending his belt is usually against some lower tier person who he doesn't never going to have a chance. Um, but this match was just as shitty as you guys imagined it would be. Uh, not only was Joy Janela a poor choice, but what a garbage ass match to have here. Okay. Um, you get the, the dumb production of uh, Cody. This time he had four girls dressed like they were in the 1980s wearing spandex out of one of those <laughs> Jane Fonda videos. Um, <laughs> then he does his uh, ridiculous uh, ring announcement where once again, he throws North Carolina to even less, if that's possible, chant backs than ever. Um, this time, the North Carolina thing didn't even make sense. It wasn't even a funny line in there. It was just the word North Carolina thrown in there. Um, this match comes off. You knew right away when Janela threw a garbage pail right in his face, right as he headed the ring, that we were in for a shitterific night. Uh, Don Callis walks over to Tony oh. Giovanni. Now, here's the thing that you might not get here, Andy, and I'll just fill you in on this, is over on Impact for the last two weeks, they've had Tony Giovanni and uh, Tony Khan uh, appearing on impact like made announcements or something yeah i've been reading stuff yeah okay and this week they went all out about how pathetic uh impact was and make it they they so out and out made fun of it and uh you know like i think one of the things tony shivani said was like he went to turn it on his cable thing and his cable box and why the hell would you want to watch this (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and there was a comment where i believe um JR said something like, oh, Impact had its biggest uh, night ever. And Shivani's like, yeah, six people instead of one watch this week. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so then Don Callis comes out, uh, tries to kick Shivani out of his chair, tries to strong arm, yeah. which yeah. is funny. A skinny old goof is going to come over and try and uh, strong arm any guy of normal size, which was pretty funny because Tony just looked at him and told him, get the hell out of here. Pretty much told him to F off. Which was awesome. Which was so awesome. But then what wasn't awesome was fucking, he finds his own mic and walks around doing his commentary, which was so shitty. This was shitty when um, 
Jerry Lawler did it back in the day, tried to commentate his own yeah, match. It, it wasn't great when Andy Anderson did it either. So. <laughs> I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, it's a, a good gimmick. No. Yeah, it's a gimmick that I don't think anybody can actually do and get away. Because first of all, you got to be a heel. This is definitely not a face thing. No, yeah. And I just don't think it works. It really doesn't work. And uh, so we had this garbage short match. Uh, you have Don Callis walking around outside saying these things. And then he gives a mic to, to um, Omega. Okay. And Kenny proceeds to give like pathetic, nothing even was funny. There was nothing mm -hmm. special about it. It added nothing to it. Um, it was just all in all a really bad match and segment for me. And uh, I'm not, I, I, I don't think it fed anything maybe, but who cares? Do we really care about tension between impact? And, like, I don't, I'm not sure why they're building point. this. Yeah. You know, um, and you know what? I just wanted to say really quick, Andy, you brought up that they're trying to promote now Kenny Omega teaming with his old Bullet Club guys yeah. who are Impact guys against Rich Swan and Motor City Machine Guns. And in my mind, when, when I heard that and saw that on Impact this week, I thought the only way this would have actually had been cool is if Kenny from AEW was teaming up with two Impact guys. I think it would have been better if Rich Swan had teamed up with two AEW guys. That to me would have smelled yeah, yeah, more yeah, like yeah. a big event. Yeah, this just looks yes. like impact side crap. Yep, yep, I agree with that. So, um, in the end, I don't think this made Kenny look any stronger as a champion. I don't. I mean, this match. It didn't, was it's bad. Like you said, it didn't add. Didn't add anything. Right. It, it's and, almost and, like filler. And here is the point. This is the match that Kenny, by all means, should have actually just come out and destroyed Janela. And even if it was through nefarious means, but to just make him look like a credible champion. Instead here, it just came across as goofy, crappy. Kenny didn't look any stronger or any more powerful. And he certainly didn't look like a world champion coming out of this. And uh, let's address the end part. Okay. Or first, let me tell you guys, let's hear the match start. Uh, what did you get out of this match, Andy? Did I cover it or? I, I think you pretty much covered it. I, I'm sorry. Just this one was yeah, just the, so for me. This for me. match was just bad. Um, from Don Callis, the match itself to Don Callis's commentary, yeah. then Omega doing his commentary. I just didn't like anything about this. And let's face it, Don Callis has an image that's great. He's got a great image for radio. Um, <laughs> this balding old guy. Radio. Yeah, this balding old guy adds nothing to the. He doesn't yeah. even look like he's got any tough in him. He never has. I don't know. You know, if you look back and even back in when he was the jackal, I you, he looked like the guy you could beat up. So, <laughs> to me, he's not a guy. That, to me, he has the go away heat. I just it's, it's yeah. not. I don't want. I don't want to see you get beat. I just don't want to see you. Yeah, he's Xbox's uncle. Yeah. He's Xbox's <laughs> uncle. Uh, yeah. So and then finally we get this last segment where Pac and uh, Phoenix and Pentagon come out and they confront Kenny and, sorry, I shouldn't say Pac, Pac then points out to Kenny that he, that uh, Phoenix had never lost their match because if you remember, Phoenix was injured yeah. and yep. Pentagon, took Pen place. Pentagon took his place. And then, so in a way you can say, yes, he was never defeated. And then Callus does this dumb insider thing like, yeah. Oh, have you been promoted to MVP yeah. or whatever they are, vice presidents? Have you been promoted and making matches? Well, wrestlers don't tell the champ who he faces. And then, of course, you knew. Because AEW is the place where two guys get into an argument and like five minutes later, the announcer's like, this has just been signed. Yeah, Tony Khan's <laughs> been listening. Yeah. yeah. 
So how did you know that Tony Khan would not, especially since he's been doing these promos over an impact, making fun of it and getting mad at Omega, you had to know that 100% Phoenix is going to be facing uh, Omega. And really, it's no different than what happened with Joey Janela. Yes. <laughs> so I got to say, guys, um, sometimes wrestling cards can be like a meal. It can be, you know, maybe the appetizer is good, which it was on this one. We got a good appetizer. In the middle, it gets a little plain. Near the end, it gets a little bit, mm. But you know what? If you have a great end dessert, you will think the whole show was great. And you know what? We had a shitty dessert. And yeah. It kind of made the show not feel great at all. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you had to give this one our report card, Mark. Elio, um, do you want to go first? I'm going to go with a C-. minus. Okay, fair enough. Andy, uh, I'm waffling between B minus and C plus, but because uh, there there was you know like I said overall there there wasn't some bad stuff. Um, uh, I'm gonna be grudgingly say a C plus. Okay. But it, it's very close because like I said to me this this wasn't a bad show. You know you guys said it felt like it kind of dragged on. I didn't feel like it dragged on, but just some of the stuff, I mean, like, let's say, like, the last match was kind of, eh. Some of the, the promos, mm-hmm. some of the sense, just to me, you know, like, if, if I had to say once or twice during one of our shows that things seem indie-rific to me, yeah, that shouldn't shouldn't be happening. Not I mean, level. And no, I mean, there, there's stuff that, you know, we can, you know, you can watch WWE and you can criticize WWE, but to me, there's very, you know, stuff might not be good, it might not make sense, but very rarely do you, at least do I find them like, oh, that's indie-rific. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, in my view, guys, um, you, we have a C- minus and a C+. Plus. And not because I'm trying to be political, but I'm trying to be as honest as I can. I'm going to go with a C. Uh, for every great uh, shot of Diamante in her shorts, uh, there was Joey Janela. Uh, for every uh, for every SCU move there was, there was the acclaimed rapping. Uh, it was middle of the road kind of stuff, and uh, it for me for two hours sitting straight having to watch this. Um, thank God I was drinking some cojito, and uh, I'm gonna say that uh, it, there was a struggle at times, and picture in picture did not help this week. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, but. Six on six, seven on seven, you're not going to ever get a good match out of that. You know, you're not. It's just there's not enough room to tell a good story. There's not enough good time to showcase, unless they're going to give us an hour-long match where everyone gets all their stuff in and all the story in. You're just going to get a bit of a cluster. And speaking about clusters, Archer and that whole mess was a fucking Uh. cluster. So, yes, I'm going to see a C... And uh, I'm curious now of what NXT is going to weigh in this week. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, anyways, guys, it, uh, glad you guys were uh, along on this journey. I do prefer when we have those great journeys where we're all hand in hand going, yes, we just experienced some good damn wrestling. However, if there is these days where it's a chore and it's hard, well, I'm not going to be uh, lying. I'm glad you suffered with me. I don't want to be the only one <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you guys for joining in great comments as always Andy thank you for your uh, contribution and Elio thank, thank you, you for always. your insight guys you guys you guys rock this is the best time I enjoyed because like you know what 
this is the best part of this kind of show, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, you watch these shows, and typically wrestling fans, you end up watching them by yourself. And uh, at the end of it, you have a lot of thoughts and questions and things. Now, me, Andy, and Elio, we're not telling you, like, this is this and that is that. But we, too, watch this, and we, too, get the ups and the downs and the, the disappointments and the, the highs and the lows. And sometimes, uh, you know, when it comes to point of views, there are many times that when we talk this stuff through, we see things through a different lens, we see things through a better lens or a worse lens, but in the end, at least we make sense of the questions that we've been asking. And hopefully we've been able to do that for you today. Maybe you're listening along and maybe you saw something one way and Andy explained his view and you were so thinking of something, you're like, you know what, maybe he's got a point. And, you know, that's the point of the show. It's POV. We give our points of view. Andy, he's been backstage for many years, and he's seen the ins and outs of wrestling, and he knows uh, sometimes why the root of things happen. You know, Elio's been a wrestling fan for many, many years. He's seen so much footage of this stuff. He can see the patterns in the things. You know, I've kind of flip flopped back and forth. I've been backstage at times. I've been in the front, and I have my own idea. You know, I've sit with bookers who've explained things to me and and tried to teach me how they book stuff. So I kind of get the feeling too of how things go. So I like this opportunity, and we really hope you guys are enjoying this. Like, because Global has been a pretty fun project, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Uh, we're entering in, which is probably going to be one of the most depressing and saddening Christmases in all our hearts. There's, no, there's nothing we can say about it, no matter how much closer we can be with our families, our friends and stuff. The fact is we can't be with the people in the end that we want to, you know? Uh, yeah, we can be with our families, but I mean, how many times, uh, I know for a guy like me, you know, I won't even get to hug any of my friends to say Merry Christmas. And that is a bit hard. You know, I'm lucky in the fa fact I have a wife and a child and, you know, it won't be 100% lonely for this while. But there are a lot of people, a lot of you out there who's going to have those problems. And, you know, they may tell you you can have one or two people on your list or whatever. But all I want to say is all of us here at WPOV Wrestling, we're with you guys. We're in the trenches with you guys. We're on the, we're on the radio. We're thinking of you guys. We're hoping for you guys. And we know we're going to pull through this. Things are going to be sad and hard. There's times that I get up and I have a hard time thinking what the day is going to be like, but there's going to be a better tomorrow. And the most part that makes it a better tomorrow is if today we treat each and every one of us around us better. You see somebody across the street, you say hello, because you don't want, you want someone to say hello to you. And no one's going to say hello to you if you're too much of an ass to say it to someone else. We're driving along. We don't need to keep cutting each other off and giving each other the finger or being dicks because we're in a car. Why can't we let the dude who's trying to get in, get in? Maybe he has somewhere to go that you don't know about. Maybe it's important. All I'm saying is this holiday season, let's take that opportunity to be better to each other and to try and think how we can be nicer to each other. Because it's lonely. So right now we need strangers, neighbors, friends, people across the street to even so much as ex show you exist when you walk by and get in your car. <sighs> Folks, have a great week. Elio, say goodbye right. to the good people. Friends, we will talk to you all next week.